Hey, it's Sean, and this week on Tipple Theory, we're going to be talking about vermouth, the thing that you usually mix with other things. Tipple Theory is the exploration of history and practice of creating alcohol around the world. On this show, we'll share some of the history of how your favorite beverages came to be, as well as techniques professional bartenders use to elevate your poison of choice into an experience worth savoring. Hey, you! Hey! (laughs) (laughs) I'm on the wrong page. Oh, hello and welcome to this episode of Tipple Theory with your VSOP hosts, Sean and... September! Please visit tipplethory.com today to find other episodes and ways to support us, i.e. Patreon. And today's topic is vermouth, which is aromatized wine, or, you know, flavored wine. But before we get to that... September, what you been up to this week? Uh, well, let me see. I baked a new thing. So I made a cranberry curd tart. Uh, recipes mm. kept popping up through the holidays, and I wanted to try it, wanted to try it. Finally got around to it. It was really delicious. That recipe's a keeper. Um, even though I had a critical failure in the middle of it, because I had a pecan crust, and it fell on the floor. and exploded everywhere. Mm. But thankfully, I had graham crackers. Uh, in the cupboard. So I changed direction and made it with that and ended up taking it to the bar with me and sharing it with people. And uh, (laughs) it was hard to get a piece home for my son. Uh, So that's always a good sign. (laughs) Cool. I uh, bought a 3D resin printer. (sighs) Yeah. Early Valentine's present for Rob, my husband. He's Wanted one and just kind of hint and hint and look and hint and I'm just like, no, no, we don't have space. We don't have space. I'm still podcasting from the landing at the top of the stairs. <sighs> but there are a lot of good deals on and I gave in because I love him. So now he's printing all the minis in the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, have, you. <laughs> what have you got to I finally moved on from printing stuff because <laughs> I, I think I, I finally got all of my video game systems mounted on the bookcase that's kind of behind me. Um, I wrapped up with uh, printing off a thing for the Wii U and the and the separate mo- screen controller that it comes with. Um, so now now that that's done, I'm back to more woodworking, and I have a ton of inserts from wine boxes. So if you ever get like a wooden wine box, they're usually laying on their side. And there's these uh, pieces of wood that have like the kind of a half circle of the shape of a neck of a bottle of wine. And then another half circle that's the shape of the bottom. And they sort of say rest on these brackets. And they're usually in two, two, uh, two halves. They're usually split in two separate pieces. So I have a bunch of those because I have a bunch of wine boxes because I make things out of wine boxes. I've been looking at those for a couple of years going, what am I going to do with it? I don't want to just toss them. I've used some in other projects to actually remake wine holders. Um, so now I've, I've actually, um, I've stained half of them and I, they're kind of going together in a weird piece of deco wall art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm also doing it so I can drill little holes and put pegs in it and it's going to be a hat rack as well. And it's going to go up next to my bar that I think I recorded our first few episodes episodes on um, but we had a wicked, I had a weird echo in my microphone so that's also going to be a diffuser once the hats are on it <laughs> so it'll help keep their, so it's multi-purpose 
It's a weird piece of art. It's a bunch of reused boxes, upcycled boxes. It's going to hang my hats, and it's going to help produce sound reflection in my bar. Right on. And I'm about halfway done. And, uh, and I actually had two leftover spacers from that project, and uh, that's I'm gluing those together, and I'm actually going to sit that. Uh, it, it's going to sit on like the side wall of my bar, and it's going to become a uh, utensil rack. So, make fancy. it fancy. I, yeah, I, I don't like I to throw stuff away. It's, it's nice. I, I mean, you could always build a bar, you know, a little mini bar. There's not. My house is very full. I built it, and here, here's a, here's a thought. I originally built it because it's, 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 it's original dual purpose. Maybe try besides podcasting uh, was to be a bar but also something that I could DM from. So there's actually spaces in there for like all my manuals and <laughs> notebooks and dice. And there's an underlight under the bar, which you might normally have at a dark bar, but it's there. So like I can, I can DM and see what I'm doing <laughs> and read shit yeah. and make cocktails. Well, the eventual plan is to do a, a major renovation and then I will have space. So, because my also kitchen good. is also, like, this house was built in around 1950. This tiny galley kitchen that is remarkable. I have raised a family in, and I have it. <laughs> I'm, I, wait, that's impossible. I have headphones on. I'm like, I thought I just heard something behind me. I'm just going to look real quick. Oh, it's a fat cat. Oh, thank God. Okay. I got really nervous. <laughs> oh, it's just my, my it's just my fed rescue. Just Hi, baby. Can you want come on? Can people pay for Patreon thing? You could be on the Patreon. Yeah, just there you go. Come on. She loves me. There she is. Yeah. Oh, yes. Hello, pretty girl. She is so pretty. Oh, and I can hear you. I can hear you purring. Excuse me. Oh, I know this I'm, is I'm making a reasonable stuff, assumption but... with the cat being calico. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to put her down because even though it's purrs, it's kind of dead air. <laughs> yeah, this is an ASMR show. Then. <laughs> Um, uh, I, I am a sap for animals, um, just so people know, I guess. Uh, yeah, so that's, 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 that's most of what's been going on. I mean, there's yeah. other stuff, but, but that's, I'm it's making a mobile record, a new mobile recording rig. Cool. I, and I've done this many, many times because, because whenever I travel, I'm like, oh my God, what if I get a gig and I need to record or some version of that and it. Every few years, I feel like I have to update because the quality of what I do and the and the um, the quality of what I'm expected to do goes up. I bought lav mics for TMS Vegas last year to help with uh, their uh, Taskmaster event, and then we didn't use them, and I have since misplaced them. So that's that's where my mobile recording stands. <laughs> I, I so I'm actually kind of proud of this one because um, I. I've also, I wanted to get a little bit lightweight, lighter weight. So like, instead of like bring, bringing like my Lenovo Legion gaming laptop, like, I'm like, it's kind of heavy. I don't really 
I don't game anymore when I travel. If I do, it's on my phone or on like a Switch, you know, something that's light. So I bought a used Dell. It was basically like, what? what is the Surface, the Microsoft Surface? Uh-huh. It's their version of that. Uh, and I bought a used one from a few years ago, so it was 70 bucks. I had to put hard drive in it, so that's 30 bucks. Uh, I used a version of Tiny Windows, which is, well, you Google it. <laughs> you need a key, sort of. Uh, but it, it basically it uses a, like a sixth of the resources that normal Windows does. So you need like one gig of RAM to run it. You need like six gigs of hard drive space to install it instead of 20. Um, it's really, really handy. And for a, a lower end computer, super snappy, runs just fine. And it, and it's, it does that by getting rid of all the bloat and the extra stuff that's running in the background. Uh, so this thing runs great. <laughs> and I, I got, I found a used audio interface uh, from Rode. Uh, also a very tiny one, single line input on eBay for 60 bucks. And I already had a Bluetooth mouse and a really cheap Bluetooth keyboard that's super thin. So it's nice for basically for like a hundred and what is that? 180 bucks? No, hundred because that was 90. So 60, 150, 150 bucks. I've got a full computer recording rig that I can take with me. Well, that's cool. Throw my mic in. The so only, and the I, only, yeah. The other, the other thing I did was I applied to go to Dragon Con as a professional. So if we had have a Dragon Con together, You've got the rig to we we can record some special bonus content of drinky things. Yep, and I and I always so I, normally I I buy Zoom products. I like I like Zoom's recording hardware, um, and I have like an H6 that I that I love, but it's a bit of a brick. It's almost brick sized. Uh, Rode, however, besides the I bought the AI one, which is like the single mic interface. They make an AI micro, that's two lavalier lines. To a USB-C, it's uh, it's the size of what is that? Like a silver dollar, not even a little bit smaller. So like I I bring that with me too when I travel because it's not like <laughs> studio broadcast quality, but it is podcast quality. Right. So I like so I'll have that with me too, so we can actually have two lines recorded, no problem. Because it's I keep it in a sh- not a Chivas bag, a uh, Crown Royal <laughs> bag. Of course you do. Right, because I have like at least four of them. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I guess we should do the actual show and talk yeah, about the movie. There was just a lot going on. <laughs> there's, there's so much fun stuff. Um, so, so we're going to talk about Vermouth. I did a bunch of research. Uh, so I, I can drone on for, what would this take? Well, about 20 really, minutes. Really did. I couldn't help it. So I'll, you know what? I'll try to summarize some of the stuff that but I did. It's okay. I mean, I'll interrupt you here and there. That's how it works. I, I I did not know, although it makes sense that vermouth originated in Greece. Uh, so because vermouth is aromatized wine, wine infused with herbs, some and spices, uh, and the Greeks are known for liking wine, uh, among and other things, but also wine. Fortified is a, is a term they like to use as well because mm-hmm. they thought you know medicinal origins once again. <laughs> Oh yes, oh yes, and I did like that the first uh, the first known written documentation of this this kind of wine. Uh, it credits Hippocrates, the, the same, <laughs> the one you're thinking of, uh, as being the the person that that enjoyed this, and the beverage was known as Hippocratical. 
<laughs> before we have the current use of the term Hippocratic or Hippocratical. <laughs> um, and I, I just found that amusing. Um, and yes, pharmaceuticals, because... You know what? I, I, I was thinking about this a lot this week, and I think it's just before we knew what alcohol does to the body, like on a chemical level and maybe on a process and health level, it made you feel good. So, yeah, of course, people are going to be like, it must be medicine. It makes people feel great. Yeah, but there is some validity to the things like um, that alcohol, the, we, they didn't know back then. But alcohol can derive certain uh, chemicals that are helpful out of different plants. Like they're alcohol-soluble materials that like making a tea isn't going to work. It's not going to pull that stuff out of it. Yes. Alcohol is a much better solvent than water. Um, and I did a breakdown. I think it was for for my TikTok series of videos. Sorry. <laughs> Follow me on TikTok. Uh but it's so I so because someone had asked me about that, like why, why is why why this why why does alcohol do that? Um, uh, and alcohol is 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 a polar molecule, so it has two sides to it. But one of the sides is actually has a slight charge to it, uh, so it's it can dissolve like water does, or make a solution like water does. But it also can grab other components that water normally wouldn't. So it makes it, it a twice as effective, effective solvent, um, which, which yeah, which is why like you would have tinctures and these other things like what are we talking about vermouth, <laughs> <laughs> fortified wines, fortified wines because uh, this is what the, pretty much every episode this has come up so far. Well, is, and of with vermouth, I mean the medicine. wine is making a lot of these things more palatable, right? And. And we'll get into it, but it, I, I might double up. But since we, since you mentioned it, besides just being palatable, it also it makes the the wine makes those things more palatable, and vice versa. So a lot of things that get added to the wine now help keep the wine longer, or help wait, help the wine keep long. Help it helps us stay good for better for longer. <laughs> <laughs> so because it kills some of the bacteria that's causing it to ferment past where you want it and then it's vinegar right and it keeps right? it from oxidizing right yes that too or because because as, as i'll get well we'll get into it so in 1786 in rome you know greece adjacent in italy uh sorry actually it wasn't in rome why did i say rome because i was thinking of italy and that's <laughs> where my brain goes uh so in oh wait oh no what was it which city was it and i have all these notes here um, what was I gonna, oh, Turin. I had, so some people will cite that it was in Milan that vermouth, uh, the modern vermouth was codified, codified. Uh, but it was actually Turin. Uh, and there's the, the creators as, are, are credited as Antonio and Benedito Carpano. And the, I mean, that vermouth house, vermouthery is, is still around. <laughs> Um, and it, it was in, it's interesting. I started reading this whole history on them and they have all the, the, the family has their own website. And of course there's history websites that talk about it. Uh, but they say like they give credit to the fact that vermouth, although it was popular amongst a bunch of different people, they weren't the only ones making it. Their shop was located uh, in the same square where the Royal family sat. 
uh, of that area. So they kind of had like a lock on who they were distributing to, and it happened to be the most powerful family in the area. So that kind of helped. So I have, I looked up etymology this time, and I think we we sometimes touch on where the words come from, and I was kind of curious about vermouth. Uh, Vermouth, almost everyone or every etymology website talks about vermouth being German, vermouth. Uh, and, and there are, that's mostly what we get in here. If you can follow like old English, it's, uh, wormwood, wormwood, uh, also relating to absinthe, which is one of the primary, uh, wormwood being one of the primary ingredients in vermouth as well as absinthe. It's that, that heavy bittering agent. Uh, yeah. And what we have old Saxon, we have vermouth, Dutch vermouth, and old high German vermouth. Very muota, You know, I'm, it's really hard to say. Uh, and there, there are some French origins that come uh, much closer to modern times, but it pretty much all relates to naming the the core root that's in there, the wormwood. And there's such a crossover. I mean, etymologically, to talk about the difference between uh, French and German naming stuff in the early 1800s. <laughs> Those borders were still moving around. Like my mm-hmm. heritage traces back to I was told I was there was French and there was German. Well, uh, the Hugo line, my maternal line, traces from Alsace Lorraine, which is kind of both. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so a lot of those things uh, I, I notice in our research and in other research etymologically come down to that. Yeah. But I, I liked I liked seeing that everyone credits it as wormwood because it's. I think you'll get into it. I'll, I'll, generally speaking, at least if it's Italian vermouth, it has to have wormwood in it. That's like just one of the base criteria. Uh, now that doesn't apply to every country, everywhere, um, but that's kind of the, the standard. And being that Italy's Greece and then Italy are given credit for standardizing vermouth, and the word itself comes from there. Like, yeah, yeah, and. Uh... Of all the things to fortify with, I mean, I can see why people thought it was medicinal, but there's a long list of things that have been added that, at least we know now, were actually ended up medicinal. Uh, wormwood was, has been, even now, it's credited with a lot of things, but it also has a lot of potentially dangerous side effects. Because um, <laughs> there, there's stuff in it that's poisonous. Um I mean, but obviously not over because you can use it, but it was supposed to ease inflammation and improve your digestion and be against skin infections and kill parasites and blah, 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 blah. What, uh, very few of these things are proven, although with something like a mild poison, uh, things like parasites can be cured with herbal agents like that. Um, another uh, thing I saw that was added to some vermouths is quinine which mm-hmm. and it was supposed to aid against malaria which it did so not not just tonic water folks <laughs> this is true and what both of those do uh so i, I can never remember or remember the pronunciation for the bark that quinine comes from it looks like kincha kincha i know it's not but kwasha <laughs> kwasha Quashasha? No, that's, that's just me still being silly. But both uh, quinine and uh, and its 
bark that it comes from and wormwood uh, are antioxidants. So it, when it comes to help keeping a wine from oxidizing, helps. Now, they probably didn't know that specifically, but they probably figured out that it kept it from going crappy as quickly. Yeah, and I wonder... It's not in the notes. Uh, I, the Portuguese, theirs... Or was it sherry? It was one... It was a different... Because there's a whole class of aperitifs, right? That are in with vermouth, like sherry and Madeira mm -hmm. and port, and they all these different processes. But I remember reading something about the Portuguese because they had to ship it, and it would all go bad and keep fermenting. They would like dump brandy in their wine mm -hmm. to make the yeast stop, right? And then fortify differently later, and that's where you would get. But I think that might have been Madeira. Sounds like something that happened with Madeira. Um... And, and so that was actually the next thing I was going to talk about was okay, yeah. Uh, well, not not that specifically, but the, there's you have aperitifs, you have digestifs, uh, which uh, they come at different times of the meal, beginning and end. Aperitif, appetizer, digestif, digestion. <laughs> we, we more etymology. <laughs> uh, but but I, I I I had to learn a lot about that for this episode because I I didn't exactly know what those words were always pertaining to. I knew, I mostly knew it as a drink and not necessarily a period of meal where a drink was had and that drink would be called sometimes by the same name or a slightly different variation in the language that I don't natively speak. <laughs> but generally, your, your heavier drinks that have a little bit more sugar or a little bit more alcohol came at the end of the meal and not at the beginning, which I, I never really thought about it that way or distinguished it. But your your digestives, although they might be bitter, usually were more syrupy, and, and usually had higher alcohol. Um, think of your, your 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 ports, your your cognacs, but also your I mean your Jägermeister. That that, that used to be a, a gentleman's drink after dinner, yes, in the in the lobby <laughs> or in the lounge, in the study. There we go. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, whereas uh, your uh, uh, your vermouths, your um, oh come on brain, um, anything that's lighter flavored or lighter sitting in your stomach, generally bitter but smooth. Uh, so let's think of um, Campari, Aperol, any vermouth. Uh, I Lillet, I think is actually I think Lillet is a no, it is an aperitif. It is that's aperitif. probably the that's the sweetest it's one I'm thinking on of. Right. <laughs> it says French aperitif wine. Yay! And then those are usually drank with well, common now common days in the last you know, 150 years, like with a soda water or with something that diluted it even. So you weren't even drinking that at full strength. It was just to kind of get you ready to talk and socialize and be around people. We all know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> I need a drink. So. <laughs> Vermouth, going back to the, the topic at hand, is aromatized and fortified wine. So aromatized referring to herbs and spices that get added to it, and then fortifi the fortifying part being an extra spirit that's added to it, something that's higher proof. But usually it's not a bunch. Uh, whereas, like, I'm thinking of, like, um, well, brandy is distilled, but even... Brandy can just be a, a heavily fortified wine where you add a bunch of spirit to something and you're getting something that's closer to like 
60 proof, 70 proof, 80 proof. Vermouth shouldn't really be getting above 16%, so 32. And that's that's kind of high for a vermouth. So it's it's still it's just a little punch in there to stop anything from aging, as you were saying, uh, and to keep it from going bad or, or oxidizing as quickly. Uh, <laughs> oh, hey, I actually covered that entire bullet point without looking at it. I'm proud of myself. <laughs> so, um, oh, were you going to say something? Nope. I was nope. laughing. Last two phase. Excellent. So vermouths, amaros, which is an Italian word for bitter. I learned that this episode. Similar to a vermouth, but without the wine component. So to be a vermouth, it has to have the wormwood. It has to have wine and a, uh, and a, a, a plant <laughs> a plant added to it. it. has to be aromatized, fortified, and has to have wormwood. Amaros don't have to have the wormwood component. Oh, sorry, the wine component. So it can be herbs. It can be higher proof. It can be up to 40%, so 80 proof. Uh, and they're usually a post-dinner drink. A digestive. Again, going back to those heavier liquors that I was making of. Chinar, another example that just came to mind. Um, and then aperitivos or aperitifs. So aperitivo is the drink served before a meal, usually light and dry. Uh, the, it, can all, it can also be referring to the aperitivo time of day when one would drink those drinks. <laughs> usually paired with finger foods, kind of like having, like kind of like an Italian happy hour. Uh, an aperitif is the French word for aperitivo, which I actually didn't, never distinguished in my head. I just saw the words in the bottle and said them and went, okay, that's what this is. And that's the <laughs> genre that it's in. But that's what it is. Uh, aperitif is the French version. So lulet, huh, French. Uh, makes sense, I guess, based on the word. Yes. Oh, right. An Italian vermouth, the other part of that has to be at least 75% wine. Fortified with a neutral spirit. One herb from the Artissima family. So basically one of the wormwood things. Yes. Oh my gosh. I, I have more. I still have you more. Do. Do, you Vermouth. Want me, do you want me to like do some of this? Do you want I mean, to do a Spanish one? Coming up, but. Yeah, you do. You, you did the legal yeah, classifications the this time. Which Yeah, do the Vermouth one. Okay, so I, Vermouth. Um, Spanish Vermouth, generally less than Italian Vermouth. Uh, generally, sorry, less bitter than Italian vermouth, which I have found to be true of the French versus <laughs> the Italian. Anyway, um, vermouth came to Spain from Italy in the 1800s and it gained popularity and even a ritual of sorts. I love this. In some parts of Spain, La Oro del Vermouth, vermouth hour, <laughs> is a weekend tradition in some parts of Spain. So it's a leisurely slice of the early afternoon, just before lunch, when the hottest part of the day is met with glass, ice, and spirits. And that's the way it should be done, man. Right? Like, especially like, now that I'm here in Texas, I, I want a three, three, three o'clock, crap, a three o'clock, just, hey, it's wine time. I'm gonna have a drink. Here's a piece of salami. Go take a nap. Yeah, and I'm not, you know, generally, I'm not generally a day drinker, and I'm not a spritzer person, because why would you do that to my wine? But I think vermouth does lend itself to this in a surprising manner with this cocktail that we decided to drink for the show today um, that I found in, in this awesome drunken botanist book I love so much. 
where some bitters, some vermouth, some club soda. Mm. This would be a lovely thing on a hot day. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I mean, I feel the same way about, about wine and mixing it most of the time. But and it's not super high proof, right? Yeah. It's like, what, two ounces of vermouth and a bunch of club soda. And this, this could, you could continue to mow your lawn safely. Yeah, and that's it. It's like it, it's, I, I I understand now, with a little bit of perspective and time, why you might not want to get ripped at two in the afternoon, because you're gonna feel like crap, and then you're not gonna get anything done, and you have to because you're an adult. But if everyone did this, had this little drink and sitting around for an hour in the afternoon, the whole rest of the day would be better, right? Right, and it's just it's just it's not even the kind where you. You you don't you don't even get a buzz. It's almost just enough of that flavor to make your body go, ah, this is the relaxed tonic. I'm going to relax a little bit now. But you can Damn. still function, and I and I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's funny. A lot of my friends. I've noticed over the last two, three years, like, have you ever had a white wine spritzer? Do you drink Aperol? Do you know what that is? I'm like, yeah, man. I mean, you're asking the right person, but. <laughs> well, have like, you uh, introduced me to Aperol because, you know, you're fancy with all these cocktails. I like so. Aperol. I didn't know that either, but now I have it in the house and I will be using it because I, I like bitter things. <laughs> so if you like Aperol, but you wished it tasted more like a Necco wafer. Uh, I, I might I suggest <laughs> might I suggest Maletti's. I want to say it's 1866. Um, there's just a number after it, but it's it's a kind of a ruby red uh, liquor in a clear bottle with a blue label. Uh, Maletti makes a few things, but they they make a a Aperol esque liqueur. Okay. Well, <laughs> the first for time those I had of it. you in the yeah. audio audience, all uh, with the mention of Necco wafer. <laughs> Someone got to see from my face exactly how I feel about Necco wafers. And my elaboration on that would be, I introduced my youngest son to them about two years ago. Because he said, Mom, what is the worst candy? Necco wafers. Not a bit of hesitation. And then I found some in the store. And I was like, oh, I'm buying these. And he was able to spread it to all his, like, zennial friends. Like, taking them to a party, like... Oh my God, this is what they would put this in the Halloween candy for my mom. Like it's, <laughs> it's just such a damn horror. Like, really stale chalk. How do you even, and if you look at the ingredients, there is like cocoa powder. I don't know where, how that is. Oh, all right. Anyway, Necco wafers are disgusting and a crime against humanity and certainly a crime against children trick or treating. And I am horrified that they still exist. Yeah, there's a, um, if there's a, I know we're just going to talk about bad candy. I'm going to mention one other bad candy because I, I thought <laughs> Echo Wafers were bad. I remember having them as a kid. Okay. Uh, and they came in like, it looked like, like flattened out Smarties. Like, oh, this is great. Uh, no, no, they're not. You but there's think a. think that, wouldn't you? <laughs> there's, there's a, a Nellis Needles. They're called, they're kind of called a drop. Um, colloquially, it's a Dutch licorice. So, and it's, it's black licorice. So it's licorice, licorice. And you think of like American black licorice, um, 
it, okay, yes, it's anise. It's that anise flavor. Yeah. Uh, but it's usually very sweet. They made a candy that's like off dry. <laughs> like, yeah, there's some sugar in it. But really, we just want you to taste anise. <clears throat> and that, and that's all it is. It's, it's almost like... Like, like, so, so wormwood, which is in most of our vermouths, gives it that bittering agent. It's, it's what, um, sorry, I'm stuttering because I'm like this. I'm just going to talk about all the disgusting things. Uh, wormwood is also in Malort. And it's, that's all that it is. It's neutral spirits and wormwood. So it's just all the bitter. So what this Dutch licorice candy is, is to what Malort is to wine is that, that, that is that licorice is to all the other licorices in the world. It's, it's so dry and so grating and you're chewing on it and you're like, Oh, it's a gummy. I can, I'm still have the texture of gummy, but it's the flavor of sadness and like being sick on Halloween. <laughs> and that's what it tastes like. And they're like, Oh yes, this is candy. Enjoy. And you're like, no, it's not. Why are you smiling? <laughs> Uh, so I have a lot of Dutch friends. <laughs> so back to vermouth. So back to vermouth. So this is something I learned um, that you put in the notes. Mm -hmm. That it's elaborated with white wine. <laughs> it's a funny way to put it. But... Red vermouth and white vermouth don't come from red and white wine. Is what that unless you make it to. yourself. Yes, you can make red vermouth with red wine if you want. I'm, but I'm that's just, not I, traditionally I, how it was done. Yes, correct. Uh, so yeah, this is. I was grabbing like a quote off of it was drymartini.org, kind of going for like this is what vermouth historically should be. Yes. Um, <laughs> Uh, but I, but I liked that quote because it was, I, yeah, I didn't know that. I, I, I assumed red was red and white was white. And I knew you could do things to color and flavor, but I kind of actually thought the origin was indicative of the color grape used. <laughs> and it was not. And it was not. And a lot of it looks like from the quote that you pulled and knowing what I do about herbalism and using these things, um, some of these colors are they're coming from the plants, not just mm -hmm. adding red coloring. Uh, they do add caramel. Oh, I'm to sorry, yes, reds, but chamomile does make yellow. If you've ever had chamomile tea, I would I have little doubt uh, that the Lille Blanc, especially with that the sweetness that's not overbearing in it, that that's probably got chamomile. Uh, vanilla in a sweet. A sweeter uh, white vermouth, gentian and rhubarb. Rhubarb is very red, um, <laughs> as as you know, uh, being in a, in a red vermouth. Uh, so, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, and it makes sense that that. Well, so I've always known rhubarb is also a sweet uh, plant. What is, it is a, rhubarb? No, it is sour, sour, sour. It is super sour. Oh, it I'm thinking. Of, so, I'm thinking of rhubarb pie. Sorry, and that right, has a, which just you a have to put buckload like of a sugar. shit ton. A typical, I think the recipe. My grandma, I use a little less sugar and strawberries, but my grandma's straight up rhubarb pie recipe. I think has four cups of sugar. Yeah, 
Rhubarb is incredibly, incredibly sour. Some people do chew on it. I'm not sure how they manage. Because hmm. uh, in Dutch. its raw state, is very, very <laughs> tart. It's delicious. I love huh. it. So I wonder what it's makes red. it. Uh, what well, yeah, so that 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 would lend the color. But since red vermouth is generally generally a sweet vermouth, like are they adding sugar to that because the rhubarb or whatever else is coloring it is so bitter? They're like maybe oh, it balances it some. Maybe it distracts you? you from the damn wormwood. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Malort needs to take a note. Note to self: make a rhubarb Malort. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to write that down. I, I I have been meaning to torture some of my friends more. Yeah, we're we gonna play that game on the show again, where I make you try something. Are you gonna like send me just an unlabeled bottle and be like, "Hey, play drink this on Malort game, mix match Malort"? Oh god, <laughs> we could, we could. No, we should play that at uh, at not uh, uh, Dragon Con, Gen Con. No, yeah, Dragon Con. Oh, we gotta get Brian Cofford to listen to this show. <laughs> he's he's my Malort enthusiast. I, I, I'm friends with someone else on TikTok named Chris from Chicago, and he. Every other video, he's just like throwing back chugs from a bottle of Malort, and um, he he has a bunch of recipes for Malort cocktails, and they're terrible recipes. They're like Malort and coffee, Malort and Coke, Malort and this. So I've been planning on making other versions of Malort. Like I'm going to make a minty Malort. I'm going to make now a rhubarb Malort, um, and I my my my. Piece de la Resistance was going to be, since he's from Chicago, a Heinz Malort, or basically just Malort and ketchup. Because <laughs> okay. quite often he, he hates that. I'm like, you know what? How do, that's how I'm going to. That's how I'm going to make someone my friend. I feel like there are ways I could find to like it. So. <laughs> <laughs> are, are we on to the legal classification? I, I I would like to know more about the law, please. Okay, and I was happy to look this up because it was one of the first things I found. Um, well, because so I, I, I look for it because this is a category you added that has been fascinating in the show. So, the, vermouth in the European Union, vermouth and other aromatized wines must include at least seventy-five percent wine in the finished product. And have an ABV of 14.5 to 22%. To be labeled vermouth, they must be made with at least one herb from the Artemisia family, which came up before. Um, for most producers, this herb is bitter wormwood. The word vermouth comes, well, we covered some of this, though. Darn it. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Keep cutting. But this is the law. This is the law. This yes. is not just tradition. The law, like, they recognize the word vermouth coming from vermut, the German translation of the plant. Beyond these requirements, formulas will vary from producer to producer. Herbs, barks, and spices like chincona, gentian root, baking spices, and thyme are often part of the mix. Uh, I'm pulling apart this recipe. Um, a small amount of sugar or another sweetener is typically added as well. Regulations in the U.S. are, of course, much looser, where vermouth is simply defined as a type of aperitif wine, which must be made with a base of wine that is fortified with a stronger spirit and bottled at a minimum of 15% ABV. So as such, U.S. producers may experiment with bittering agents that aren't wormwood. So that was 
really interesting, and it, there's a little that didn't fit quite with, you know, the other stuff we said, like this whole adding something else um, than Wormwood, of course, is American, but um, that was the adding a stronger spirit in the European Union. It doesn't have to be. Well, it just says 75% wine, but I mean, they could technically put anything else in. Because <laughs> it doesn't say with another spirit like the U.S. law does. Um, this one I bought um, imported. It's from. You're looking at the Italian one, right? Yeah, it's the Italian one. Yeah, so the that's, Italian, that's my. That's my Antica. favorite go-to, like at the store, Antica. Um, yeah, it's generally sweet for me, but it would be fantastic in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. The bitterness. Really kicks you though. I am certain this has a bunch of wormwood in it. Um, it it's got like it came with a special tag that said, "We have a, a caretaker of our secret recipe." Like he's got some kind of title, uh, so they do not disclose and will not what herbs are in this. Mm-hmm. But if you've tried enough and made tinctures and are as into herbs, I, I'm saying thyme and wormwood are at least two of the things that are definitely in here. Um, from from my tasting, I tasted it alone to try and get as much as I could out of it. Um, but even with as sweet as it was, but wormwood will do that. It was you know same for the show. I had a friend who tried to make absinthe, and apparently made malort instead. Um, and even the straight up pouring it over ice cubes to drink it was difficult. <laughs> well, yeah, because there's there's a lot more. In uh, in absinthe than than malort and then, and this I oh, think yeah. sp- speaks to it. So like there's like mean? there's oh I'm sorry yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like when you're saying like the minimum qualifications has to be at least seventy five percent wine. Now that yes. that could include like if you you're adding honey to it as a sweetener. It's so like per volume it could have other liquids in it that may not be alcohol. Caramel. Uh, I mean they say straight car- up they yeah. put caramel, yeah, caramel in color. Yeah. But for for absinthe versus worm, uh, malort, sorry, malort actually fits the loosest definition of a non-French absinthe. Because anything that's not a French absinthe is called a Czech absinthe, uh, which kind of Czech just means like not French. And this it's kind of more of a not derogatory term, but just sort of a catch-all <laughs> term. Uh, so and so in that in the the Czech version of an absinthe that just has to have grain neutral spirits and wormwood make it an absinthe. Now, you wouldn't want to drink that, because that's Malort, and most people wouldn't want to drink that. Because <laughs> it's nasty. Uh, and I've had some lovely absinthe. Yeah. And the stuff my friend made was really terrible to drink, but I had a great time. A small amount. <laughs> that is that is the, the upside? I believe in the Green Fairy, I, I will tell you. <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> So, <laughs> I you know I I love that that's part of vermouth is is wormwood and I, I mean I have a bunch of wormwood because uh, I like to make malort but I also like making other stuff and uh, wormwood is a great bitter additive uh, and that's it's uh, but that and chamomile in vermouths that that's one thing that I always or have had planted in my brain for a long time is that it's, it has to have to me wormwood and chamomile in it. Hmm. Which um, and chamomile is round. like sweet, so there would be mm-hmm. some balancing there. Yeah, 
And I use like, yeah, I use like, what is it? An eighth of a teaspoon of wormwood and a bag of chamomile tea. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not, I'm not trying to do You could damage. use a lot more chamomile than that. I, well, I mean, I was, I made like 10 ounces of vermouth. I was only making a little bit. So this is probably where, right? Where, where are we going to talk about what you what we're, what we're making currently. Yeah, well, you had like, or how it's used currently. Okay. Like, how, how are vermouths vermouth? I found when I was doing research that it's just sometimes used as an alternative to white wine and cooking. I'm like, well, that's funny because I used it that way. Um, it just kind of started happening in my kitchen regularly. I didn't really know much about vermouth. The only my exposure to vermouth was making Manhattans. I started making them for family when I was a kid, and it's only in my house for Manhattans. And so all I have is this gnarly Platt Pratt extra dry, because I tend to like uh, my Manhattans dry. And it was in you know the house, and it's generally all I have. I didn't get all these fancy kinds before, and uh, try them, but I was making uh, some shrimp and kind of doing a scampy thing. I got fresh parsley from my garden and some <laughs> garlic and like getting everything going. And it was like I got some a uh, fresh lemon. I'm going the whole nine. I'm like I don't have any damn wine. Uh, well, I I probably did, but it was probably red. Uh, normally I have in the house. I was like, well, wait, yes I do because. I have some vermouth. I'll give it a go without even thinking about what else they put in it. I did know how it tastes enough from the drinking, and it's like, well, it's technically wine. How bad can it be? And I threw some in, and it was fantastic. And probably, you know, whatever they fortified with helped, but I didn't really think about it, and it just became a go-to. I didn't worry about keeping other white wine in the house for cooking. Uh, like I do generally with reds, uh, because I do more cooking that requires it, and I'm the only one in my house who can eat seafood. <laughs> I've been relying <laughs> on this lonely bottle of vermouth uh, that gets used a couple times a year for cooking. So now I know I was not only not wrong, it's apparently <laughs> something people do on purpose. Yeah, I don't know that I knew or or studied much about uh, vermouth and cooking. Like, it makes sense, but I don't know that I actually have have that in my brain as, hey, no, you could just toss some vermouth in there. Probably because I'm usually adding it to drinks, because that's my jam. Yeah, but, but I mean, anytime you're making some kind of, like, uh, a white sauce or something that you would yeah. use a wine, I don't know why you wouldn't. With a dry vermouth, anyway. I would be cautious about something really light. Like, I wouldn't throw this sweet vermouth No, anything like that. Um, I would if it was something I would use a Madeira in or, and didn't have it, or a port, like something with mushrooms, something with rosemary, right? Something that already yeah. has bitter shit in it. Yes. Um, <laughs> but the Lily Blanc... I think it would be great with some shrimp. Yeah. Yeah, especially I'm like thinking like if I'm going to deglaze a pan and like, hey, use your white wine to deglaze a pan. Like, no, I'm going to use white wine that has seasoning in it. 
<laughs> yeah, and that's exactly <laughs> what I did, and and I know it works, so. I will be trying it uh, with the fancier stuff, but probably not as much with the fancier stuff, because the fancier stuff is a little costlier. It is. I mean, it makes sense that it is, but it is. I mean, the Lule is not, it's not too bad. For the use case where you are using little bits at a time, it's not bad at all. Right, yeah. Oh no, there's a little fly in my in my booth. No. <laughs> so when it comes to drinks, vermouth, um, most popular right now, and you've said it a ton of times, Manhattan's far and away. Um, it's they're not really used much in martinis anymore. Uh, not that they shouldn't be, but so if you're gonna make a gin martini and have vermouth in it, vodka martini, yeah, you can put vermouth in it, but then it's just gonna taste like vermouth because vodka's neutral. So that aside, if you're making a, a gin, gin martini. martini Vermouth makes sense because the aromatics that are in the vermouth pair with the gin. You still need to use a good vermouth. I'm trying to watch my words this time. You need to use a good vermouth there. It's just like anything else. You use a cheap ingredient. It's not going to taste as good. It's it's worth the $30, $40 where you're going to use a half ounce of it. So you're going to get, what is that, 24 times 2, 48 cocktails out of your vermouth, it's worth it. Um, so I, I'm just saying just don't buy the cheap vermouth if you're going to be doing a martini. Uh, or Manhattan. That nice Antica that we were just talking about makes a martini, or sorry, Manhattan so much more worth it when you're making a Manhattan. Negronis, another one. That's a classic gin cocktail. Again, with the gin. Hmm, I wonder why. <laughs> That's equal parts. Could be the herbs. Could <laughs> be the herbs. Could be the absolute quinine and some vermouth. Um <clears throat> Mm, could, we know that pairs. So it's that's Campari vermouth and gin. Campari is also uh, falls in the in the in the realm of uh, I think Campari's digestif, but it's still heavily heavily uh, infused with herbs. Aromatized is the word of the day. <laughs> but uh, and Boulevardier is just Negroni, but instead of gin, you use bourbon. Uh, so I didn't I, don't, I didn't put that in our notes, but same idea. Very popular. And then spritzers. Uh, well, that was the last thing I added on there. Uh, it's just common use. That That's just becoming more and more popular now uh, for brunches, but also just for people that are trying not to drink as much, doing a, a off-dry January. I think that's the term this year. <laughs> or, no, or not quite dry January. Uh, less, less dry, but not drunk January. Um, and the other note I had, and it's kind of not how it's used, but how it's stored, you should refrigerate your vermouth. It's still a wine. It can still go bad. You're supposed to refrigerate it. Um, I think most of the bottles actually say that nowadays, but yeah, if, you, if you've had a bottle of vermouth for more than a couple months and it's open and it's been sitting on a shelf, just go ahead and, go ahead and toss it. Yeah. Especially if it's that Nolly Pratt that's, <laughs> that you held up before. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The sucker. It's kind of old. Yeah, I mean, I was, just, it was in the liquor cabinet. It just was. Yeah. No, I, know. I, I did the I same thing. I was the good stuff. Uh, I'll be totally honest. I like the first time I had vermouth, like when I was like, bartending's going to be my thing. I was like 21, 22. I just got like the Playboy cocktail manual and, and I was reading, <laughs> reading like different manuals just on bartending. Uh, back when you could like, you could Google it, but you still had to go to the library <laughs> to verify <laughs> 
uh, I had read that vermouth, people would just drink vermouth. And I was like, no shit, you can just drink vermouth? Cool. So I went and bought, it wasn't Ali Pratt, but it was not a nice, it was cheap. Right. It was a cheap bottle of vermouth from the local liquor store. Took it home, poured it on the rocks, spit it out, and went, that's terrible. I'm never doing that again. And then I like, said that, that on my brother's wooden bar. And I think it was there until he moved out. <laughs> and I'm sure it went bad very quickly because it was already yeah. bad. I mean, it is mostly good for mixers. That's what I always knew it as. But I will say for a spritzer, I don't even usually care for a spritzer. But in a spritzer, because of the herbal components, that's pretty lovely. Yeah. Glad I discovered it. I had a, a French vermouth that has uh, cognac was its fortifying agent. It's La Cantigne. Uh We got it into our restaurant. We sold maybe four servings of it because we drank the rest. It was so good by wow. itself. It's amazing. Uh, and I was trying, I was going to try to get some for the show, but uh, it, the closest bottle I could find was on the north side of Fort Worth. So it's about 45 minutes away and they had one bottle. And I was like, well, I could go pick up my daughter from school or I can go get this <laughs> bottle of vermouth. Like, ah, I should probably be a good dad. <laughs> Goodness gracious. So, but it's, you can still find it out there. If I can find it here, then chances are that at least there's some around where most people are. I had, yeah, some people. Probably all you out there. I had a hell of a time <laughs> finding. Sorry. Any vermouth. Um, I did learn the ABC store doesn't bother. Um, you would think that's where they would put it, given its primary usage in these cocktails. But uh, Statesville don't care. They're not about the cocktails, apparently. Um, like I can buy margaritas in a can and whatever other mixer things, and there was no vermouth in the place. Um, there were brandies. There, were, there weren't any sherries. There weren't any, I don't know. So I ended up going to the wine store, and I found... I showed you, I sent you a picture, like, that's it. That's all there was. <laughs> there was some garbage, and there was, like, I did get the Lille. I did get one good, they had one good sweet and one good, one good red, one good white vermouth. And uh, the rest was, well, there were only a few bottles, and they were definitely not good. Maybe one or two. It was just stuck there with. I like some sherry. Um, yeah, it's really... It, the grocery stores can carry wines. I checked there today. Mm -hmm. The beer grocery stores. It is a really good wine selection. I went in there. Mm, no. The fancy grocery store has some sherry and some port. Uh, like Publix here didn't even have any vermouth. Uh, just, hmm. Yeah. I mean... I don't know if mine did before I moved from Atlanta. Actually, I don't know if they could. I don't think they were allowed to. You had to be at a package store. So, yeah. Yeah, it was, it, it, it was a, uh, an adventure <laughs> to try and find some. And I had immediate regret because uh, the previous week I had been to Old Hickory Tavern in Hickory, which I believe is technically smaller in Statesville, but they have some fancier restaurants and... Uh, 
Old Hickory Tavern is a nice restaurant. They've got a little shop with specialty stuff. They had CBD, alternative alcohols. Hmm. They had um, the Lillet in a red and a white. Mm, yeah. Um, and I didn't even look because we weren't talking about vermouth yet. I wasn't even looking. I didn't expect it to be hard to find. But I did wish I had bought it while I was there because I had already gone three places in town and didn't want to drive a 40 minutes to go somewhere I knew to have at least one thing I wanted. <laughs> <sighs> so, yeah. This week I learned Cecil uh, doesn't care about cocktails. I mean, I knew that from the restaurants, but... <sighs> All right. This week I learned. Uh, I mean, we, we've talked. We talked about a few things that we learned, but I, mm-hmm. due to the discrepancy initially that I was finding of where vermouth was created in modern times, uh, I ha- <laughs> since I was finding like, oh, this was, it was made in Milan. It was made in Turin. I'm like, what's the difference? I don't I don't know. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, they're about forty five minutes away, which in uh, in seventeen hundreds terminology is like that's a far distance for them it's 45 minutes now with cars so that's like you know it's like a day away <laughs> so it's it's not the same um uh and and i do like that that both were ruled by the house of savoy uh or sorry Sav- savory 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 it doesn't, doesn't seem like it should be savory it's so fitting that it's savory though right? <laughs> with all the herbal components Right. No, but like it just, I just, is that what we pronounce in Italian? I don't know. Maybe it is. Or France. No, that was that, that, well, the house, so that house covered France and Italy, kind of like top northern portion of Italy, southern, southern, southeastern ish portion of France. Anyway, um, sorry, uh, as I glanced, I said Savoy because that's like a famous cocktail book. My bad. (laughs) Slip of the tongue. Yeah. So, for cocktails this week, we have the cocktail that we were drinking, that we will add, and I forget offhand if it actually had a name. No, it was just the vermouth cocktail. Just the vermouth cocktail that I got from the Drunken Botanist book. Right. And that was equal parts or one ounce each of dry and red vermouth, a dash of Agostura, a dash of orange bitters, stirred or shaken, depending on how you're going to serve it. I think if you're going to shake it, I want to serve it up. Maybe. Uh, uh, but if you're to me if you're gonna well either way you can shake it or, or stir it I like it stirred <laughs> pour it over ice serve it up and then top it with soda water and garnish with a lemon peel and it's a lovely light refreshing cocktail it was actually really really good it is I, this is yeah. what I call a lawnmower drink <laughs> yes uh, I also have uh, for our, our in our instructions and our video this week uh, showing you how to make vermouth and you can do it a short way or a long way. I did it the short way just because I thought that might be nicer for people. So you can, there's, if you're very careful, you can do a very low heat and basically steep your herbs and your stuff in your wine. Remove it, cool it, fortify it, uh, add your sweetening agent if you need a sweetening agent, and then bottle it. Um, but you don't want to do what I did not record, which was the first time, which... Um, I accidentally boiled it. <laughs> oh. You don't want to get to boil. If it gets to boiling, you're 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 hosed, and you have to start again. 
Uh-huh. Um, so my bad. Um, so, I mean, like, honestly, if you start to see bubbles, lift it off your heat source, find a way to space it. If you have like a, like a walk spacer or something that you can like, anything you can bring it away. I have a gas stove, which is why I'm thinking that little iron ring that you can throw on the bottom. Anything you can do to keep it from getting too hot. Um, that's the way you want to do it. Or you can always uh, add your, your bittering agents, herbs and your spices uh, to your wine and just let it sit in a fridge for a couple weeks. Two weeks would be would be fine. And then build it out that way. You can just do it like a slow cold brew method, if you will. And, that, and that'll work and that'll work just fine. Uh, eight to one ratio of wine to fortifying spirit and you should be pretty good. Uh, so you don't need it to be that what three to one, which would be the seventy five percent wine. No, I mean, that's a lot. You don't have to do that that much. Eight to one. I used vodka in mine. It was great. Then I made one with a plum wine. Fantastic. <laughs> I actually started drinking that. Like, this is good. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we'll have the instructions and video up for that. And, I'm really yeah. looking forward to that. Your videos, I have to say, are my favorite part. <laughs> I go to post them on Patreon. And I'm like, this is the best part. Like, everybody... <laughs> <laughs> you need to know the ten dollar level is so worth it. Um, I first got to enjoy Sean's videos when I was in America's Next Top Podcaster, and he was eliminated. But he kept making these videos to kind of just cheer us on as we competed, and they were themed for the w- week's show, and they they were lovely. I asked him to make one for a meetup I organized last year, and uh, having them as part of the show is. It's educational, informative, entertaining. Yeah. And the one I made for you, I had a fever while I was doing it, so I called you by the wrong name. You did. <laughs> and you made the cocktail. You used different ingredients. I did everything wrong. It was... We developed that cocktail together. Right. It was called Wild Mountain Time. You marched in the only time, and it was the garnish, and you garnished it with rosemary. I'm like, He's sick, guys. It's fine. It was, was, hard, I was having a tough time. <laughs> it was so entertaining to be hosting this event, <laughs> knowing we were doing this show together soon, and telling everybody about it, and loading up the video, and you called me the wrong name. It was. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go stare at the drafts on the wall. We're we're, <laughs> we're friends, I promise. Uh, so anyway, folks. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Please chime in by emailing us at tipplethory at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, follow, and review us on the listening platform of your choice. Next episode, we'll be talking about bitters. Woo! Woo! Tipple Theory is the expert. Please check out patreon.com forward slash tipple theory today where you can around become... the world. Wait a minute, that's the on wrong show, thing. We'll share. I didn't switch out our endings music with our starting music because I'm a chooch. <laughs> chooch? A chooch? What the hell is a chooch? Um, you know, I'm sure it's an Italian slang derogative term. Um, I just know that I've had several restaurant managers that are Italian call me that. What a chooch. Uh, okay. All right. I'm going to try that again. I'm like, why am I talking over September? Why are you talking? Uh... All right. Here's cue outro music. I'm going to leave this flub in, by the way. It makes me laugh. Cheers, folks. Cheers, everyone. Please check out patreon.com forward slash Theory today, where you can become a supporter and get access to videos of our cocktails of the week being made and other goodies. Thank you to Scott Gesser, who wrote our theme music. You can find him and his music at scottgesser.weebly.com. Cheers.
Nice.